Welcome back to Thinking About It. Uh, we're here to talk about, uh, as we like to, recent events in the evangelical world. And Stan, Dr. Fowler, with me on Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor here from Grandview Church. Uh, Stan, uh, you recently brought up a um, an issue that is of interest to all of us as we're dealing with government regulations that come up against the church mandate. And uh, do you just want to share a little bit about the Capitol Hill church experience and how that relates to our conversation? Yeah, this this is really significant, I think, at this point in time. I mean, in our time and place, our churches generally are wrestling with the whole question of how, how do we deal with the coronavirus pandemic? And, and how do we relate to government regulations that make it impossible for us to gather in, in our normal way? And, and, and various, uh, churches have taken very um, diverse stances on that. I mean, we, we both know about Andy Stanley mm-hmm. and, and the multi-campus yep. megachurch in, in the greater Atlanta area who've said, we're not going to meet again publicly mm-hmm. in this calendar year out of, out of love for our neighbors and concern for, for those affected or possibly affected by the pandemic. On the other hand, on the other side of uh, the country, you have mm-hmm. John MacArthur and Grace Community Church, who for a time accepted the, the lockdown and then ultimately said enough is enough. The church is called to meet and... We're, we're going to defy the government if we have to on this. We're going to meet as a peaceful protest, which they have been doing. They got one court decision that came down in their favor, and then that was reversed. Right. But on, if we go back to the East Coast, Capitol Hill. Okay, but to, we would agree that there does come, and there will come a point when the church and government will be at odds, and uh, evangelicals who rightly read the Scripture in principle need to agree that there will come a time when uh, we defy the government, we disobey a mandate from the government that goes against our consciences. In principle, we have to agree with that. In pr- oh, certainly. Uh, the, the biblical instruction to uh, submit to the governing authorities is, is not a moral absolute. It's not instruction that says you must always obey the mm-hmm. government no matter what. Mm-hmm. But it is instruction that says your posture, your default posture should be toward accepting that. Um, but yes, there comes a time when, when the state crosses the line and, and refuses to allow the church to obey our Lord. Now, Capitol Hill is an example of a church that has found a way to navigate both those issues. And you want to just explain what happened there? Yeah, my understanding of it is over, over the months in which... Um, in which there were the restrictions on public gatherings, which affected the church. Capitol Hill Church accepted that and did not meet out of concern. In Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C. The way Mark Dever described it, I think, was we're we're accepting God's strange providence here and recognizing that we can't meet. My understanding is that that given, given Dever's and others there, and their, their commitment to the significance of actual gathering, they did not do virtual church. 
they accepted God's strange providence and said, for a time we simply can't do what the church is normally called. So they didn't gather, they didn't have uh, streaming. No streaming as I understand it, but eventually, eventually they did gather outdoors in some large public spaces where that was allowable. But ultimately, uh, in, in encouraging the government to loosen restrictions and getting nowhere, um, they saw what, what the, the city, the mayor, had allowed in terms of mass gatherings of a protest nature, Black Lives Matter, and, and that type of protest. And the mayor even not only facilitating such gatherings and affirming them, but participating in them. And so ultimately the church uh, filed a lawsuit against the mayor, alleging discriminatory treatment. And, and so what in effect they did was to say, we're going to respect the governing authorities, but that doesn't mean we never challenge the governing authorities. We have every right in a democracy to mm-hmm. challenge the mm-hmm. governing authorities. In fact, actually, in particular, in a parliamentary democracy like ours, we, we have the official opposition whose job it is mm-hmm. to challenge the governing party. So they filed the lawsuit and uh, rooted in discriminatory action against churches, refusing to let them gather when they, when they encouraged, in fact, other large gatherings. And they got a, a, a positive decision from the courts, an injunction which, um, which allowed them to begin meeting again. Now, I don't know the details about exactly how full uh, that gathering can be. Capitol Hill Church is packed on Sundays, and, and Mark Dever is famous for his view that ecclesia means gathering, and so he rejects in principle even multiple services on a Sunday morning. Mm. So they're packed, but um, but he rejects the idea of a multi-site church or even a multi-service church. So I'm not sure what they're able to do in terms of actual numbers there. But but what I what I appreciate is they they found a way to dialogue with the government and and say, okay, we respect in court. Yeah, in court. But they, they, they said, we, we respect the governing authorities, and, we're, and we've been submitting to the governing mm-hmm. authorities, and we will, but, but we believe it's appropriate to challenge the way in which the authorities have acted, and they won the day. But this was, this was in a respectful way the, the, that I think demonstrated an evangelical church in the public eye in, in what ought to be seen in a, in a positive light, rather than, rather than focusing on an, an adversarial relationship to, to the state, to the governing authorities. Yeah, they're basically saying, from what you say, they're just saying, how come this and this are happening at the same time? What, what's with that? You know, it's an honest question, a question that probably should have been asked by the media, but here you've got Deaver saying, uh, this is hypocrisy, is it not? So, did, so this was uh, a lawsuit against the mayor or against council? Or? My understanding is against the mayor, who, who spoke for uh, city council, 
Um, and I suppose it was probably because the mayor was the one who directly approved the um, the mass gatherings, the Black Lives Matter gatherings, and so on. So would, is that a model for churches uh, who are probably facing similar rumblings? It seems to me it is. Um, it, 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 it invokes, um, it really, it, it invokes the law against the law. Mm-hmm. It invokes the laws about discrimination. It, it recognizes the church has, has the right uh, to utilize its legal standing. I mean, I, I heard a sermon recently, in fact, yesterday morning by you, right yeah. here in this room where we now sit, mm-hmm. uh, pointing to the example of the Apostle Paul in Philippi, who invoked his rights as a Roman citizen. So, so when Scripture tells us to respect the governing authorities, to, to in, in a sense, to bend over backward, to, mm-hmm. um, to defer to them, and, and not create an unnecessarily adversarial relationship, that doesn't mean that we never say to the governing authorities, look, the way you're acting now really violates the legal principles uh, under which we live and under which you govern. Okay, can I just put you on the spot right now? I mean, that's... Oh, why not? That's you regularly do that. Well, <laughs> I never seem to... Uh, prevail. But anyway, you were talking Deaver, we're talking DC, uh, America. Do you, do you think that we should expect that here? It doesn't look like the, the, uh, the virus is letting up. Uh, I expect other people think that the lockdown might, uh, ramp up even here. Do you, do you think there might come a time when uh, we will have to oppose legally, uh, government, um, regulations? Well, I think it's possible if, if the government regulations uh, target churches and, and in essence say, okay, other kinds of groups can gather, but churches can't, or other houses of worship. I mean, it's more than just, it's not just the church. It, it would be, it would, the same would apply, I take it, to, to gatherings in a synagogue or a mosque. But I think we, we need to, mm-hmm. and, and that could come. Mm-hmm. My concern is, is that that sometimes we we jump to that point prematurely. I think of our present situation. The present regulations actually say churches like ours can can conduct public service using up to thirty percent of our capacity. The, that allows us in one gathering here to have as many as, what, 170 people in the building or something, something like, like that. Yeah. Other organizations, other public gatherings are, are not allowed yeah. that. They, the, the limits are severe. So, so what if the yeah. government says you're not getting that anymore? Do we as a church have a, have a right to say, well, we're not like any other organization that you're locking down? I, w- I would argue if if the regulations are intended to preserve public health, they're not discriminatory. They're not an attack on churches in a way that other organizations aren't attacked. If if that motivation is correct, um, I I would say we we probably should defer to that and 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 recognize. For a time, we may have to carry out our, our ministry in unusual ways, even as okay. we did for a few months. Yeah. 
before before it became possible to but, but actually But some would meet say again. that the motivation isn't right and that they would argue that the government needs to respect and, and not be motivated by the idea that the church is just another essential or non-essential service. And uh, they, they would say that that in itself is an implicit attack upon the uniqueness of the church. And so they would say the church has to push back against that. We shouldn't be lumped in with everything else. Well, the, the whole idea of essential, of essential service, for example, uh, is, is one that needs to be explored and, and analyzed. And I would say typically, when back a few months ago, when, when the language of essential service was much more common, an essential service was basically something that needs to be done to allow human beings to exist, mm-hmm. to live. I mean... Mm-hmm. Supermarkets, places that provide food, provide that. That's a service that is essential in a way that the physical gathering of the church is not. Our life continues, even if we have to do our gathering via Zoom. It really does. So, so yeah. Well, if, we if did we're continue. asking, is the church essential? Then I think we have to say clearly, yes in a very vital sense. But in the sense that that was being applied to the public health issue, our actual public gathering is not essential in that way. Uh, you were still able to minister the word to the whole congregation. We were able to gather electronically. It's not what we want. But but I, I just think we need to be careful before we play that card, as it were, and say, look, the church is essential, and the government needs to recognize that. The church is essential in one way, yes. God's agency for carrying out the mandate of Christ in the world in our yeah. day. But in another sense, the physical gathering is not essential. You know, the elders, when you were, you missed the last elders meeting, and uh, at, at some point, we're going to have a conversation to try and assess what kind of impact this lockdown, this, this minimalized gathering is having on the welfare of our people, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Um, it's, it's, I'm not, I can't speak to that, but if, if we can discern that the lack of gathering is having mental effects on our people, then we've got some serious thinking to do. How essential is the physical gathering? Well, maybe more than we think. Well, it, it may well be, and, and I'll just say, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I, I think there's a legitimate debate that ought to occur about, about whether the lockdown is, is the best way to deal with the virus and the crisis. I think there's a legitimate debate to be had there, mm-hmm. and, and that debate is not really being allowed Mm-hmm. In uh, in the, in a generally public way, mm-hmm. I think that's unfortunate. I think there's a there's a reasonable debate to be had. I I think there's a case to be made for saying let's not go down that lockdown road again. But that's not the same as, as saying all lockdown is somehow targeting the church. Yeah. Well, that's all we have time for now. If you've got some insight or comment to make on this subject, let us know. We can be reached through our church website uh, or just 
calling us up. I don't know. We're pretty accessible people. Uh, But this is something that concerns all of us. So until next time, I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. Thanks for thinking about it with us. Thank you and goodbye. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.